The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. Joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, I didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs could become any more popular than just given the fact that they have an ongoing <laughs> dynasty being built. But we we were proven wrong yesterday, weren't we? <laughs> This is the oddest thing I think I've ever been through uh, with covering, you know, what is it now? 30 years of covering the Chiefs. Yeah. This is the oddest thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, and and obviously we're talking about Taylor Swift, right? Or are we mm-hmm. talking about are we talking yeah. about Jawan Taylor's penalties? I don't know which I don't know which Taylor we're talking about at any given moment. So well, I said it to Steve on the Arrowhead Pride report. Uh, we recorded last night for this morning, and I. I said to him, I think this this Jawan Taylor thing would be a huge story with Andy Reid basically calling mm-hmm. out of the officiating. But it's right. so clouded by the fact that <laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are seen walking out together. They rented out one of the nicer restaurants, the new restaurants on the plaza, apparently, and had the whole thing rented out at eight o'clock for the team and for them to hang out and. Oh, my. It, it's wild. I just saw a video before we started recording, John, of and this, I guess, is common knowledge. I was talking to a colleague who she she works in football, but she's a, a Swifty, as they say. She oh. travels in these public places in things like janitors. Clo- and anyway, a fan has a video from Arrowhead in an oversized like popcorn bin machine and it's wheeling and. People think that she left the suite because she's so famous in this like popcorn bin uh, thing. And I, I, I'm, I, I think it's par for the course for her. So it's just, it's crazy. And I, I think normally we wouldn't talk about this thing. We barely talked about mm-hmm. the Chiefsaholic on Arrowhead Pride. We don't really get into the mm-hmm. off the field of these players. But the problem w- with doing that is that Taylor Swift is like, a megastar, right? It, yeah. It's it's hard to wrap your head around that there was someone in the building at Arrowhead Stadium while there was a Chiefs game on that is ten times as famous as Patrick Mahomes is. It it, mm-hmm. it it's surreal. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Who knows how many games she'll be going at? I I think the only thing that that we do, right, John, is just wish wish trailer the trailer era luck. And, uh, and and we've been through three minutes of the podcast, and I, I don't think we need to say much more. I just think it's it's kind of a mind blowing situation. Well, well, I've heard three. I've heard three now. I've heard trailer, mm-hmm. and then I suggested when I heard when we talked about it earlier today, I said, well, maybe Tavis. That would be another another okay. possibility. And then yeah. uh, and then Rocky's entry in this in this derby, and of course Rocky has an entrance. Yeah, uh, an entrance. Uh, High entry interest. in this derby. Yeah. Uh, his is Swellsy. <laughs> Swellsy's good. Joel Thorman, if you're a longtime fan of ArrowheadPride.com, he was texting us earlier today, and he likes Swift T, but the end is capital T, capital E for tight end. Uh, so there's oh, gonna, okay, yeah, there's a lot right. of a lot yeah. of people trying to weigh in on this thing, and yes, of course, Rocky has it. He is our new heights expert. <laughs> 
I just, you know, the thing I don't get about this, and yeah. I've had this conversation. I haven't had this conversation with you, but I've had it with Terry. Mm-hmm. And Terry knows a lot for, the, she, for those listening. John's right, lovely wife. She is more tuned into popular culture of that ilk than I am. She's more tuned into popular music than I am. It, you know, I know about stuff that happened forty years ago, but I don't know too much about what's popular now. Yeah, but Terry is, and um, and I said to her, uh, I don't get this. I don't, you know, what, what I know about Taylor Swift and the videos that I've seen out of the corner of my eye and the songs that I've heard, you know, yeah. kind of half heard, you know, I just don't see how that particular person would find Travis Kelsey mm. attractive. Now, I'm not trying charming. to say anything. I don't, I'm not trying to say anything bad about either one of them. Okay. I'm just saying I don't see how those personalities would fit together very well. I just right. don't see it. And now, you, guys, but, you know, uh, yeah. And now, you know. now, look, I don't think this is a perfect measurement. And for those that are annoyed about us talking this long about it, I'm just trying <laughs> to give an indication of why we're here. I don't want to be here. But, right. But right. and this is not a perfect measurement of like anything. But just just to put it in perspective to for people to understand why this is such a deal. Patrick Mahomes is five point eight million instagram followers again this isn't a perfect measurement of, right, of fame right. and, and whatnot but it, it, it'll just tell you taylor swift compared to 5.8 million she has 273 million instagram followers so yeah. like that just puts into perspective of like what we're talking about as far as famous here right here in kansas city uh if the chiefs weren't popular before uh, they are certainly popular now i got an email from someone um, some kind of uh, agency, and and I get these all the time of like information about the Chiefs, and apparently that, that Travis Kelsey got like twenty nine thousand followers overnight. The Chiefs got twenty thousand followers at the start of the game <laughs> yesterday out of it. So complete uh... him off the field at Arrowhead. Now let let's uh let's get to the football. Uh, six minutes in here. Uh, on this show we'll go through Andy Reid from. <laughs> Uh, this morning and and everything that he was talking about uh, in terms of this game he was not asked about taylor swift this morning made a nice joke last night that he set them up uh, yeah. our, our second segment will be our marinated takeaways from the football of this game we'll wrap <laughs> up with a couple roster moves uh, john I, I believe is going to have a couple of the things that popped from the, the snap counts and then we'll talk about the opening odds for sunday night football against the new york jets but let's start with andy reed we have no reviews, by the way. Uh, if you want to leave a review, we'll read it here, but we don't have any today. So I'm sure we'll get some now about, you know, how <laughs> yeah. six Please do not give Taylor us one Swift. star for the Taylor Swift <laughs> talk. I explained why we did it. We don't need one star for it. Okay. Uh, Andy Reid, getting to him. If if you remember in this game, John, there was a, a scary moment with Patrick Mahomes. He looked like he had re-injured the ankle that cost him a healthy playoff push last year. Uh, here was Andy Reid with a pseudo update on Mahomes and, and his potential injury. Now, it, it was, uh, you know, the ankle can twist one way or the other. This was more, we call it a basketball sprain, and he felt comfortable afterwards so uh, with it and uh, probably be a little stiff today, but I, I haven't seen him today to tell you. But he, he was good to go. One of the newsmakers, I, I think it was Tom Pelissero, tweeted out that his sources tell him that it's fine. Patrick Mahomes told me last night that it was okay. I, I think he's all right, it, but you can understand why people were overly concerned about this. This is not something that you want lingering starting sure. week three of the NFL season. Sure. Well, and, and of course the thing that I would find concerning about that is what's it going to be on Wednesday? Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, in our experience, uh, after the game, Patrick Mahomes will always say it's fine because he's walking around on it when I played on it. But the question is, how stiff is it the next day? And then is he able to play on it without any kind of impediment two days later when practice begins for the next game? So that's going to be the real question. I think, you know, from what we've been told so far, it looks pretty good right now. But we'll just have to, as as Andy would say, we'll see. So. Yeah, I, I don't. My feeling is it's not even going to be limited, but yeah. John's, John's right here. You don't know what it's going to be feeling like on Wednesday for, for us, you know, peasants that just go to the gym and are not professional athletes sometimes it takes two days <laughs> for the soreness to really kick in so we'll, well see. imagine if you don't even go to the gym see that's right. the world yeah that I live just get in. out so, of bed yeah, yeah right, your yeah. back hurts all right 
Uh, continuing with Andy Reid and the Zoom presser from Monday, I, I thought it was really interesting that Andy was so forthcoming about uh, officials last night, John. He's usually very mm-hmm. careful yeah. about that type of thing because, look, he's a millionaire. We know that, but he doesn't want to be fined by the NFL, and he he is always good about maybe not going there, but he has broken his trend there when it comes to Juwan Taylor, and I asked him this morning on the presser after he watched the tape, how does he feel? And this answer surprised me. And now that I've had it, chance to look at it. I'd even <clears throat> double down more on what I said yesterday. I mean, I, I just think, uh, you know, they've, they've got an eye on them and they better keep an eye on everybody else too, because <laughs> it, it's to the point of being ridiculous. They, they got their point, their point proved uh, now out there to, to the world. So let's uh, make sure we're staying consistent. That's heavy for Andy Reid. He's usually mm-hmm. mild-mannered and mild-mannered by design as to not really rile up the, the, the team or cause any kind of distraction. Uh, that is about a 9 or 10 on the Andy Reid scale for ripping the officials. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. is. Right. It, and I, and I, I tend to think maybe this starts to go the other way, John. That's a, yeah, that's Andy Reid flipping the table over. In, yeah. In Andy I mean, Reed's he doesn't speech. go there. You know, he yeah, just doesn't. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I think there's one other point I think we should make about Andy Reid. Yeah, he's a millionaire. He can afford whatever fine they give him. Right. But in his world, that doesn't matter. Andy Reid is not like a young NFL player who's going to allow himself to be fined and doesn't care about it because he makes a lot of money. In Andy right. Reid's mind, He's not going to be fine because he's not going to break the league's rules. That's who he is. He's old school that way. And so uh, the, the fact that he would do this at all and, you know, actually put himself at risk of being fined for criticizing the officiating, I think is pretty incredible. And, and yeah, it's very mild mannered the way it comes off. But when you look at it and look at it in the, the in the background of what Andy Reed does and what he does not do. Right. This is like, this is like getting on the table and screaming. <laughs> I wasn't sure if Mahomes, cause Mahomes talked about it last night too. I wasn't sure if Mahomes and Reed were going to get fined last night. I tend to think the league is going to find Andy Reed. I don't think he cares. I think he's really ticked yeah. off about it. And so mm-hmm. we'll see if, if that comes to pass, but I, I think to him, it's probably worth it because you got to think this is messing with Jawan Taylor's head quite a bit. Sure. And it's yeah. not, not, who could play loose when it feels like you're being targeted by the officials? And uh, it, look, Mike Tirico as an orange, I think he does a great job. Chris Collinsworth, I'm usually a fan of watching, you know, Thursday and, and Sunday night football, whatever it ends up being a little unfair to put this guy on blast. And I think even further unfair for the referees to go as far as they have. And so again, I think Andy Reid's well-respected in this league. I think he picks his spots really sharply. And I, I right. just tend to think it starts to go the other way. And this is intentional. Uh, going to some of the, the positives from yesterday, Andy Reid had some commentary uh, about the wide receiver room. He was asked specifically to uh, discuss Rasheed Rice. Here was Andy Reid on Rasheed and the rest of the receivers. Yeah, um, I liked what I saw. I mean, there are some things we've got to correct on, on all of them, uh, but there were some good things. I, I like the way Rice is coming along. Todd. So, I mean, he's catching the ball well. He's getting up the field. You know, he had the one, the one at the end that that was on him, the the interception at the end. But for the most part, here he's he's doing a nice job. When he has that ball in his hands, he's he's strong and he knows how to get up the field like quickly. So that's a that's a real positive. And I think Pat has trust in him. And you can see the development. Twenty four had a good day. Uh, Eleven had a good day. I mean, you just keep going through, and the the guys. You know, I thought. Uh, played well uh, 84 had a great catch and so they uh, a couple of them I mean he had he's been productive so uh, Pat's using all the guys and and um, they're all they're all stepping up there so complimenting the entire receiver room at the end there but I, I thought it was pretty telling some of the words on Rasheed Rice this is a pleasant surprise I, I think because you're not really always assuming that a wide receiver in Andy Reid's system in year one is going to look the way that Rice has looked through three games here. And because Andy Reid's presser was, was so short today, John, this end, I'm going to burn one of my marinated takeaways here. We'll get the, the rest <laughs> of the world famous in the next segment. But he, to me, right now, Rice, looks like he could be the team's best and most reliable receiver by week eight-ish. I was I want to say middle of the season here, but there are now, you know, the 17 mm-hmm. games. So right. Week yeah. eight, nine, week eight. He's got a big body. 
He's confident. I thought on that near touchdown that ended up being called back. That was like in the preseason, what could have been an easy drop drop ball because you could tell he was trying to turn his body quickly to, to dart up the field, but he, instead he saw it in and was able to really smoothly, I think, get the ball and, and turn up field. And I originally thought, I, I think that like sky Moore would be the man and not to say that he's not going to have a role in this mm-hmm. offense, but right, for me right. right now, like Rice's ceiling looks to be higher than everybody. And I, I would even include Kadarius Tony on that because Tony, once again, has shown his lack of ability to stay on the field. And you hate to keep using the cliche about the best ability is available, but it's true. It's very true in the case of right. Tony. Tony mm-hmm. was a hundred percent all the time and would stay on the field. I, I think it would be hard to pick any other receiver, but I just think all things included in some of these early signs, I, I think the ceiling for Rasheed Rice is really high this year. I mean, we're only in game three and I, I just think by the end of it, he might be the, the chief's most reliable wide receiver pass catcher if you want to say after travis kelsey on the team i'll uh, go ahead and burn something i was going to mention and when we talk about snap counts later which because okay. i found this real interesting um uh the last couple of days i uh when actually when montreal washington was elevated from the practice squad the question was okay so we're still going to have seven wide receivers uh assuming that Kadarius tony would not be available and of yep. course he was he 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 did play he did dress but hardly played at all he might as well have not even been dressed for the game the way it played out and i said well what i would expect is that montreal washington will get some special teams snaps i'm thinking like as a gunner or something not right. as a returner right and uh and then somebody like justin ross will get more offensive snaps because he's got Montreal, Washington to take his place on special teams. Oh, no, that's not what happened. Uh, Montreal, Washington was out there as a returner instead of, I presumed it'd be Justin Watson. And and Justin Ross still got a lot more snaps than he usually gets. Now, some of that's because they had more backups on the field at the end of the game, of course, but uh, even so, I think he had an, I think it, let's see, I've got it written down here. He had 36% of the snaps, 27 offensive snaps uh, during Sunday's game. And maybe half of that might be because uh, they had backup players playing at the end of the game, still only uh, one target in the game. Uh, but, you know, he's got to get more snaps in order to get more targets. And yeah. uh, so that was a step forward for him in this game, I think. That plays right into our, our final take from Andy Reid here and talking about Montreal, Washington. He got the call up from the practice squad and uh, just the fact that with Richie James and IR, it sounds like Montreal will be the guy. I think, yeah, Montreal, I thought did a nice job. You know, I mentioned him last night and I, I thought he, you know, he was, he was secure back there and I thought he handled it well. <laughs> with him then, as long as Richie James is out. Yeah. I mean, he, he would be the guy. Yes. Got a boy, Adam, making sure he gets to the bottom of it. <laughs> I, I, I believe there's some housekeeping here, right? Because he was a practice squad call up, and to our knowledge, right now, Johnny, he's not on the roster, right? He's not on the fifty-three right. at, at this moment. But he's yeah. he can be called up practice squad another another two times. That's right, and um, uh, he could two more times he could be elevated to the roster for games. And uh, but the Chiefs are they did they did not replace um, uh, James, James on the roster when they put him on IR the other day. So there's only 52 players on the active roster at this time. So <laughs> what I what I would expect is that um, either they're about to sign some free agent defensive lineman, yeah, you know, uh, and everybody has their favorite former chief that they would like to put in that role, <laughs> right? Uh, um, and or they're going to put Montreal Washington there as the returner. And frankly, he looked very impressive. I think he looked as good as Amir Smith-Marset ever did in the preseason. So I don't really feel too bad now that Smith-Marset went elsewhere. If, if this is the guy that they're going to put in there to, to do returns. Who had on their proverbial Chiefs bingo card? They're going to keep seven receivers. And then when one goes down, they're going to bring up a seventh that nobody was talking about. <laughs> 
Oh, right, I know. I didn't. Also, I didn't have that square. <laughs> Dave Tobe is my guy. He's usually so forthcoming. How many compliments have I gave him over the yeah, years? Right. Just how great he is. I write this article last week. Four options to replace Richie James, <laughs> and none of the four were the guy. He completely yeah. swerved us uh, for the first time ever. It seemed like so good on them. I I think he looked really good. Played a uh, returner for the, the Broncos last year and. Uh, I think he's he's got some juice. Uh, and I, I had noted on Twitter when Andy Reid said that this morning, and I, I think the responses were pretty good of people that follow me and, and like like to see Washington maybe continue in that role. And I think they're in a good situation, and we'll see what the deal is with Richie James. He's on injured reserve, which means he has to miss at least the next four games. But I don't know. If he's having MCL surgery, that might be a – Training yeah, we don't, that's the problem we don't really know how severe it is and yeah. it could be it could be something that could get over in a few weeks or it could be you know season ending or close to it so right. we we just don't know all right well that's it for andy reed if you want to listen to the entire press conference uh entire press conference you can go to our arrowhead pride podcast network you're on it right now but you can go back and listen to from the podium steve got that up for us this morning so thank you to steve when we come back it's the world famous marinated takeaway stay with us right here on the airhead pride editor show when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's show, the Chiefs completely embarrassed and smacked the Chicago Bears 41-10. to 10. Uh, Yesterday, Andy Reid doesn't really like to take out Mahomes too often, even in these blowouts, but Mahomes was out midway through the third quarter uh, after he had three touchdowns and 200 and some odd yards. And so Blaine Gabbard came in and <laughs> ended up throwing two interceptions. Not great, but it didn't matter. 41 to 10 <laughs> was the final. John, I already burned one of my marinated takeaways ranting right. and raving about the great Rasheed Rice, the rookie uh, in last segment. So we'll go one, 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 or I guess, you know, you can go first, and so my my two will be in the middle. Uh, you can start here. What is your first uh, world famous from uh, the Bears Chiefs game? Well, I think uh, the thing that most people noticed. I don't know that this is all that marinated, but I, I'd like to talk about it anyway. Um, is how evenly distributed the passes and the runs were in the Chiefs' offense. I mean, yep. it was nearly exactly fifty fifty. I always like to use the. Uh, pass run breakdown in the snap count information that we get to determine that. Cause I, I don't like to go through and figure out which ones are more homes runs or whatever. Um, and that's, so that's what I, the number I like to use for this. And it was 51% pass 49% run. Hmm. There were two games last year that were close to that. Uh, the Tampa Bay game in week four, and then the week 18 game against the Las Vegas Raiders, which were both, you know, like within a percentage point of two of 50, 50%. Yep. So it's not unknown for the chiefs to do this, but more typically it's like a two to one ratio. And um, I, I'd be very interested to know. Um, and of course, some of this is because of the way the game went, you know, you get into a 34 to nothing lead at halftime. You're going to be more inclined to run the ball in the second half. That just goes without saying, right. Right. Um, so some of it is, is because they got a, a lead early, but, uh, and there were some games last year where they did not have a big lead, but won the game where it was like, you know, 56, 44, uh, it, 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 so, you know, this is exactly what people wanted to see yeah. was to see the chiefs run the ball a little bit more and, uh, which would give them more options in play action passing, so on and so forth. And uh, and and we saw that. And and then the thing that's crazy about it is that 
the opponent was also 50 50 yeah. you know behind 34 to nothing at halftime right and they're not throwing the ball 80 percent of the time and uh and then what other statistic i like to look at uh, out of the snap count data is the number of plays 75 offensive plays 51 defensive plays that is perfect yeah that's using up uh, a lot of the time on the clock with the offense not wearing out the defense and it rec- and it indicates that the defense is getting off the field quickly all the time. So those numbers were all just fantastic from this game. The bears are a mess. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, and I mentioned this, this isn't, I'm not burning one of my marinated takeaways here. This isn't a marinated takeaway. This was a rapid takeaway that we put on the site, <laughs> but how often do, do the chiefs like lose or, or come close to flirting with the loss with bad teams? And it's so annoying. And I, I, you know, in the world of betting, they call it they They never are in a position to cover as they say, Whereas yesterday it was one team who is one of the Super Bowl favorites among them. And there's another team who is among the the, the teams that are going to potentially pick number one in the NFL draft. And you know what happened? Well, finally, what was supposed to happen after just the Chiefs smacking them in the mouth and, and embarrassing them uh, on your home field. And so I, I thought that was refreshing for Chiefs fans. I actually... My my initial marinated takeaway, John, kind of plays off yours, and I I it's hard to, for me to get out of these games, and I I always say it like I just feel like the offense ticks better when they're they're running the football, but I think just the Chiefs' offensive play callers just understanding that sometimes you got to eat your peas, right? If you're going to enjoy enjoy dinner, you know, you're talking to Andy <laughs> Reid and, and Matt Nagy. I got this from PFF before we started. Isaiah Pacheco forced seven missed tackles against the Bears with 49 of his 62 rushing yards coming uh, after contact. I thought Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked great in this game. I thought yeah, Jarek McKinnon looked great in this game. Yeah. They got a really good running back by committee. And when I say maybe you know Matt Nagy and Andy Reid need to eat their, their, their peas, I mean designed runs and making sure you're in the realm of like 5 to 15 in the first half. And you saw what a change and how, how great it felt like the offense was uh, going into this halftime locker room instead of last week when you only had the two rushes and you, you weren't able to, to get that that evenly distributed run to pass ratio as John was was describing. They got some pretty damn good running backs on this team. And I just think showing that they can be productive early really opens up what, what they can do in the pass game as I turn to Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, who I'm excited about, as Travis Kelsey looks a lot more like the Travis Kelsey we're used to uh, as far as uh, being a target for Patrick Mahomes, he finishes with a touchdown at 69 yards. And apparently he got the touchdown on one of those Kelsey designed, I'm going to run where I'm where I'm open type of route. So <laughs> feel pretty good. You know, they establish a run in a way you establish the fun. And it was a really fun day for the fans at, at Arrowhead. All right, John, let's go to your second marinade to take away. Um, yeah, there's some other numbers from the game that I looked at this morning that are uh, an additional indicator of how much better the chiefs were in this game than they have been up to this point. Um, five for five in the red zone. How much have we complained about that? The red zone performance being down yeah. uh, below what we Holmes actually leads the league in red zone touchdowns now. So that's, yeah. that's a good thing yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and five for five in goal to go. And that's again, mm-hmm. a function of being able to run the ball yeah. uh, more or less at will. Um, and then 10 of 14, 71% on third down. Wowza. That's excellent in the NFL. And like, you know, three times what it was a week ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that they won. And I'll just make this other point because you were just talking about the running backs. And and I would bet that most fans watched that game yesterday and figured that the Chiefs running backs averaged, you know, 5.4 yards a game, uh, yards uh, per attempt. Nope, they didn't. It was 3.9. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it just goes to show that the effectiveness uh, that we see in the running backs isn't always a function of uh, how much, how many yards they get and how many big runs they right. have, et cetera. In fact, uh, usually a high average indicates they had at least one really big run for 25 or 30 yards or something. Uh, what really counts is that they can be consistent and get a few yards every time they're handed the ball. And that's what we saw on Sunday from the Chiefs running well, game. 
it, it, sometimes it's just the frequency of doing it. Like even if you're stuck yeah. after two yeah. yards, it's like, well, there's the threat there. So maybe you mm-hmm. got to play a little bit more up and that opens things up for Kelsey and, and the cast of characters that chiefs have. And so, man, I, I love the offense when they're running the ball and they don't forget to like, I obviously they don't, they're not forget it, forgetting to run the ball, but you know what I'm saying? We're like, you're like, do they remember that they have one of the better young running backs in the league that broke seven tackles in the game? So I, I thought, I thought, you keep that up. I don't see the Chiefs even flirting with any kind of loss with this cast of teams coming up uh, before you lead into that big time Germany game against the Miami Dolphins. Not to look ahead. I know if, if Andy Reid is listening, he's not. He's not happy about me talking about that yet. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get into my final narrative takeaway. This defense is outstanding. This is the best defense mm-hmm. in yeah. in uh, the the Mahomes era. I noted that in the rapid takeaway. Here's my marinated takeaway. The beautiful thing for the Chiefs, you talk about signing a defensive lineman. This is all BC, you know. And what do I mean by that? Before Charles, before Charles and Menahue is even back, this defense looks like one of the best in the league. What is it going to look like when you get your hand-picked defensive lineman back who can play inside, outside, bats balls down at the line, pretty good pass rusher. You put him next to Chris Jones. You put him next to George Karloftis and Mike Dana, who are absolutely tearing it up right now. Chris Jones looks like he's a man playing for a lot of money, and he is. And you know what? I I think it's tough to say that he's going to be the defensive player of the year because you have other guys in the league, but I I think he'll at least be in that realm of the conversation, those top three or four by the time the the odds get there toward the end of the year. And I I think you add a menu to that mix. What quarterback is going to be comfortable playing these Chiefs? And we were always so – offense based when we talk about Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and because of just how many points they're able to put up each and every year they're in the top five always of points per game but this has top five you know I talked about Rasheed Rice's ceiling this has top five ceiling this year and I think it's only going to be enhanced when you get Charles Menehue back in the mix so this is BC I'm ready for that AAC to, to start after after Charles returns <laughs> and it's also BF before Felix Right. You know, this is a guy who isn't really being utilized in the mm-hmm. defense as yet. And yet every time he is utilized, we see him getting production in pressures uh, and we see him doing things on the field that look really good for a young man who missed a big chunk of the offseason program. And um, uh, and I think that and you Uzama. There you go. I'm still working on that. I get it right, but I have to think about it for a second. Uh, I think he's still going to be a player that by the end of the season is going to be productive. I think we're going to see some some good things from him before the season's out, just like we did with George Karloftis last year. And, well, you go into um, the year and you just don't have the names besides Chris right, Jones. Chris right. Jones and a bunch of names. And yeah, I, I yeah. think that was a big thing coming into the year. It's like, well, maybe you get to 2024 and people know Karloftis. People know right. who Dana mm-hmm. is. And I think right. we're seeing the, the starting signs of that. Completely All right. agree. Last one. Last one here. Uh, penalties. Oh my God! There were so many penalties last week. It was ridiculous, and they were. They were so many of them were stupid. Mm. And then yesterday, three penalties. Yeah. Night and day difference in how the the team looked uh, versus twelve penalties versus three penalties. And yeah, and two of them were stupid, as we've already addressed. You know right. that maybe shouldn't have been called in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's a great, clean performance from the Chiefs. And that, you know, is an underrated aspect of what makes a game work. If you're not, you know, uh, Andy Reid talked about this, I think, in a quote last week that, right. uh, you know, the, the the percentage of drives that fail when there's a penalty in them is actually very high. I mean, it's just it's a negative play, just like a sack or anything else. And um, the only good thing is you get to do the down over usually. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, it's, the, you know, giving up five or 10 yards or 15 yards is a big deal. And uh, so it makes a huge difference if you can play a clean game. And the Chiefs did that. Uh, well, one on thing Saturday, on Sunday. Yeah. One one thing that that stands out is that Reed last week was like, you know, if we just clean up the turnovers and penalties. We'll be fine. And yeah. I just I think going back to the upcoming schedule. If you just really look at it before the Dolphins, as I've been saying, you got the Jets coming up on Sunday night. You got the Vikings. You get the Denver Broncos, the L.A. Chargers, and then the Denver Broncos. The division has not 
looked good. If you play clean football in those games, meaning you don't mm-hmm. turn over or yep. fumble it, and you have, as you're describing, John, f- less than five penalties, which one of those teams is beating you? I, you know, maybe the Vikings, if if the, if somehow the Chiefs defense gives up yardage to to Jefferson and, and Addison, mm-hmm. maybe the Chargers who really haven't looked that great throughout the, the beginning of this season. They were close to being 0-3 yesterday. They were they were fortunate to make a couple plays when Minnesota w- was threatening. They could have been winless at, at this stage. Yeah, the Broncos gave up 70 points <laughs> to, to the Miami Dolphins. They've Excuse us. We, we need to laugh about that for a moment. <laughs> OK, thank 70. you. 70. And the only reason <laughs> that they didn't give up the most points in NFL history is because the head coach said, I'm not going to embarrass this team. And they should feel fortunate about that because that's that would have lasted forever. Anyway, point is clean football against these teams g- going into that Dolphins game. Like I, you could play the cleanest football against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are, are proving that they could maybe beat you anyway, even in your best right. game. We'll see mm-hmm. about that. But these yeah. teams coming up, you should be if you just play clean ball, you're going to you're going to have a, a perfect stretch here, in my opinion. So I think there's a lot to be said for that viewpoint. And of course it's much different than it was when the season began, when we thought we'd be playing against a jets team with Aaron Rodgers, Uh And we thought that Sean Payton would be making more of a difference in Denver than he's apparently making. I, 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 I'm still kind of amazed by how little Denver has moved the needle with the changes they've made in the off season. And, And, you know, maybe they'll turn it around and they'll be a better team as the season goes on. But, up to this point, they've looked pretty bad. And, um, you know, the, the Raiders got beat last night. And, uh, right, they did lose last night, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, to the and, Steelers. Yeah. and Crazy um, call. I don't know if you saw this game. But I saw they, a little of it, just a little of it. They decided yeah. to do, do that thing that sometimes head coaches do where they take the field goal on fourth down and you take the ball out of the hands of your quarterback. I mean, I know, look, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback playing for you, but you got to go for the win there what are we doing yeah well that's just you know i'm just amazed that we didn't see we're not seeing better play out of the rest of the division this year because the chargers shouldn't be a good team you know they're all they, they you know there's a reason that people are always picking the chargers to win the division is that they've got some quality players there and uh we, we can be mad about it all we want but there's a reason that that happens before the season every well, the year. Chargers offense looks great. Uh, yeah, they did. They did lose yeah. Mike Williams for the season yesterday. Yeah, that's they're, bad for them. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been their it's been their defense that has not been been right. good, which is why they're one and two. So we we'll see what happens. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers in a couple of weeks. But you got the Jets on Sunday. Pretty good defense. Um, Zach Wilson has looked bad. Um, so we will end up seeing w- what happens with with that. But those are our. Marinated takeaways or world famous marinated takeaways from the 41 to 10 Chiefs win over the Chicago Bears. We're going to take a quick break here and wrap up with some roster moves, some snap counts, and the opening odds for Chiefs Jets. Stay with us right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, wrapping up. I don't know what it is about us this year john but we are putting together a more efficient show i every every time last year <laughs> we we're approaching the 67 minute mark and i'm like how did we get here but we are we're at a nice and steve like this a nice tight 36 and counting i bet you we can probably get out of here around the 45 range and allow you whatever you're doing whether you're in your car at home to go <laughs> listen to something else all right john uh the chiefs ended up making three roster moves mm-hmm. on Heading into the game, one of them we sort of already talked about, right? Because that was, um, that was Montreal, Washington. I'm pulling, mm-hmm. it, pulling it up here. Uh, you covered it for us. Uh, you also had uh, Richie James going to IR, which we we also ended up dis- discussing. And then the other one was Cole Christensen was yeah. promoted to the roster. And so, qu- some quick moves there. Usually, you'll see some other transactions happen tomorrow maybe that's when we see montreal washington 53-man roster any takeaways from those roster moves john um no i mean they were all kind of what we would expect i mean they'd made it pretty clear that uh, james had been hurt fairly seriously it wasn't a big surprise that he was going to go on ir and of course you never know exactly what's going to happen with these practice squad elevations. Sometimes they make no sense at all. I thought these made sense because, yeah. you know, you just put a wide receiver on IR, then you're probably going to elevate a, a wide receiver. 
And the same with uh, with Christensen. You've got a linebacker who's missing the game, and he comes in. Of course, he does what I expected that Washington would do. He went in there and played special teams so that uh, Jack Cochran, it, could, yeah. it turns out, would be able to play some defensive snaps with uh, Nick Bolton out of the game. Yep. So typical roster moves again. We'll see what the Chiefs do when we get to Transaction Tuesday, which is usually when they do a lot of their housekeeping things around the NFL. We talked already about some snap count takeaways. Anything else that was noticeable to you as you glanced at the snap counts, John? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I thought there was interesting last yesterday evening that there was I saw there were national stories about Jawan Taylor being benched. Uh, possibly because of the penalties he incurred during the game because of the yeah. way he was lining up. And, you know, what he missed like two snaps right. against Jacksonville. He missed six snaps uh, yesterday. It so did, it did at the time seem like a benching, but then Andy yeah. Reed said that he was hurt. Although yeah. I, I was at the game. I, I don't know what's going on there because I was at the game and I had tweeted this out. Taylor was receiving no medical attention. Maybe he just got bopped and, you know, a little uncomfortable and they took him out for a series, which could have been possible. But then other injuries ended up happening and he ends up going right going back, back in. Out. So it, right. It's yeah. one of those things we'll never like really, really know. But right. Andy Reid right. said that it wasn't a benching. That was more of a, a chin injury of, of some sort. Right. It, it's some kind of a facial thing. And, you know, they put a Band-Aid on it. We might not even notice them doing that. Right. You know, if that's if that's what it right. really was and they just needed a minute to do that. And um, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to take the guy off the field if the official, you know, if he needs to get his head straight, right. just like Reed did against Jacksonville. So I thought that was interesting, uh, you know, in the flow of watching the game. Sometimes you can't pay close attention to that. And I was kind of looking forward to find out what those oh. numbers actually were. So they gave him 60 million dollars guaranteed. I I know that once you're in the season, the best players are going to play. You're going to give him a long leash before you think about benching him anyway. Right. Like, well, and he's playing well, except for this, this stupid officiating. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's not, it's not like we're dealing with Orlando Brown jr. Here where he's not really Mm -hmm. playing up to the standards we expect for what he's being paid. He is. It's just that the penalties are blinding us to what he's really doing. Speaking of Orlando Brown jr. We got the, Cincinnati Bengals trying to avoid 0-3 themselves tonight. Joe Burrow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unsure if he's even going to play in, in this game. Uh, and the Rams look like they're back to being relevant again. So we'll see what ends up happening there. You wonder if the bank, speaking of Orlando Brown, who we haven't talked about in a while, you wonder if they lose that game. He's Jesus looking at like Kansas City. He's like, wow, they're 2-1. and one. Taylor was there. I'm here. I'm 0-3. Maybe I should have just taken the money. Why didn't you take the money, Orlando? What did you do? Yeah, well. Oh, gosh. Now you're with that nerdy mayor. <laughs> you know? What are you that doing? jabroni. That, he's with the jabroni now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. Uh, anything else snap count wise? Or were you- yeah, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I kind of made an oblique reference to this earlier, but uh, mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony just two snaps yesterday. Apparently, the whole point of having him be available for the game is for the other team to be prepared for him. And uh, I guess if you're preparing to play the chiefs and Tony's going to be healthy, you got to be thinking about what the chiefs might try to do with him. So uh, I think that was just a case of the chiefs uh, doing a little gamesmanship there. I don't think they intended to use him very much at all. And the, and they didn't already mentioned I, the, the two snaps makes me wonder if, if he tried to, you know, warmups are just different than game speed. So maybe sure, yeah, mm-hmm. he got into game speed and said, you know, it doesn't really feel right. I wouldn't would yeah. me with with Tony, unfortunately. So I don't well, know. that's entirely possible. And yeah. uh, you know, maybe he would have gotten back in the game, and then they got ahead, and they thought, well, there's no point in in right. you know, right, 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 risking yeah. an additional injury on his toe or whatever. Yep. Um, Sky Moore, top wide receiver, at sixty four percent of the snaps. Uh, Rashi Rice had a lot, but not that many. Rashi was at 51% uh, on the game. I thought that was kind of surprising. Over on the defense, uh, obvious that Drew Tranquil just stepped in for Nick Bolton. Yeah. You know, he was just the guy at the Mike linebacker position for the whole game. He missed some snaps at the end, like everybody else. He's got to be making himself a lot of money this year. He's only on a one year deal. Yeah. Well, it's like 3 million, isn't it? Something like that. It's not a whole lot. 
but I'm saying for next year. Oh, for next year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe that they let him go. Honestly. I can't believe it either, especially yeah, without I, how the defense has looked. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm still kind of uh, flabbergasted by the Chargers letting him go. He's but a good I'm, guy, you know, too. I mean, you talk yeah. to him in the locker room, he's really yeah. comfortable answering questions. Nice, nice guy. I actually heard him on Sirius XM after this game, John, and really loves Kansas city. He says him and his family are really enjoying the community and stuff like that. I, I wonder some, usually Brett Veach does the rental thing with these type of guys, but I just wonder if, <laughs> if he, he sticks around, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been meaning to ask you, what's that thing that he's got around his neck? It looks like something like an, an earphone thing. Uh, and I've seen a two, two different colors. Is it, is it a set of earphones that I've like, I've never seen before. I think it's I think it's some, some kind of protection. Equipment. Really? Okay. That, that's a Dakota question. You know, you're asking. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're, I've seen pictures of him, and it's you know with his helmet off. Yeah. And he's got this thing that looks yeah, like yeah. one of those little earphone deals that goes around the back. He of had head. a powder blue one in L.A. Right, right. And I've seen him in two different colors since he's right. been with the Chiefs. So that's a make, question we need to get answered I'm just to satisfy my, my curiosity. To find out what the neck thing is this week. Yeah. <laughs> What's the neck thing? That's Chris right. Jones, just 31% of the snaps. Oh. I found that really surprising. Well, um, could have been in the game at hand again. Yeah, but he would. the other players who who were in there and then came out because of that, had snaps up in the fifties, right? Like Michael Dana and George Karloftis both had snaps uh, above 57%. Uh, George Karloftis had 65% of the snaps. So that's indicated to me that they didn't want to use Chris Jones a lot in this game for whatever reason. Um, so, but you know, he still had a sack in the game. He still made a difference. And uh, the, so that's excellent that he did so with a relatively light snap count. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, I thought, a little surprising. I think we would have expected his count to go up from the week before. I would have, it, yeah. That is, it, but uh, it did not in this case. And then we're back to, uh, you know, we don't know whether Williams or Watson <laughs> will be the third quarter, the third cornerback. Now, this is a, I don't even, a, yeah. I'm, starting, I'm at the point. Do I care anymore? I can't, I can't care yeah. about that anymore. Well, and, and the chiefs are just going to do what makes sense for the given opponent. I think yeah. that's what they did last year. And I think they're, that's what they're doing this year. And I think it's going to be very hard for us to predict which way they're going to lean. And that's not a bad thing. You know, if you're an offensive coordinator and you don't know who the third cornerback is going to be, it could be this guy, or it could be that guy. Well, then that just complicates what your planning has to be. In this game, Williams had 33% of the snaps. Watson had 57%. Again, we have to, you know, factor into that, that some of those snaps probably for Watson were at the end of the game. Yeah. But we're still looking at a situation where he had more snaps than Williams did, which is the opposite of what it was last week. It seems like they're <laughs> leaning Williams I, for whatever reason. But Watson yeah. has... I don't know, but yeah, it, you're I, right. It, I, it's very difficult to to decipher what they're which direction they they're going to go to in in that particular part of the team. So yeah, and I think that's that's okay. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting in the in the off season that they more than once referred to. Well, we'd like for one of these guys to win the job. <laughs> well, well you don't failing. seem to be. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't really seem to be leaning that way. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be that hard for you to just say, okay, you've got the gig and be done with it. But no. Right. You keep changing your mind week to week, which is fine. Uh, maybe we should just stop thinking it's going to get settled and just be prepared for it to be different every week. Those are the snap count takeaways from Chiefs and Bears. Let's now do a quick look at next week, John. You covered the opening odds for us. It's the Chiefs and the Jets on Sunday night football. What do they look like? Nine points. Chiefs mm. by nine points at this point. Uh, as of, well, Sunday night, I haven't looked at them this morning, but they probably haven't changed very much. I wanted to go back. I, I meant to last night and I didn't. I was going to use the Wayback Machine, see if I could okay. figure out what the what the odds were for this game uh, when it was still presumed that Aaron Rodgers was going to be playing for the Jets. And I'd be fascinated to see how that has changed the odds in all the, the Jets games over the someone, course of the year. Someone needs to do one of those ESPN 30 for 30 shorts on the Mahomes Rodgers <laughs> conundrum thing. Where yeah. Mm hmm. Mahomes gets injured. 
freak injury, barely injured in his career, gets injured for the Rodgers game when he's with the Packers. Rodgers gets COVID, an, arrow, an arrowhead, can't yeah. play in that game. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, it'll finally happen. And no, Aaron Rodgers, four plays into the season, ruptures his Achilles. So I don't I know if we'll ever get I feel that terrible game. for the guy. I really do. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you go through all of that and then to be hurt. And I feel terrible for Jets fans and right. Robert Sala, you know, for all of that. I mean, they've they they've waited longer than Kansas City has to have a, a really good team that had a chance to win a championship. Um, you know, the last time the Jets won a Super Bowl was the year before the Chiefs won their first one back in nineteen after the nineteen sixty nine season with well, Joe Namath, with Broadway only- Joe. So Dude, there's there's only uh, one other scenario that's worse than the Jets and, and their fans. It's, it's if your team has never won a Super Bowl. Like I right, Buff- right. Buffalo Bills, for example. However, right. you know, if you go, <laughs> you go, but at least they had some good teams for a while and, and they Donna, played in the championship. It, if you go to your last championship and the film is grainy, that is a bad <laughs> sign for where your organization has been. Uh, the Chiefs were like that for a long time, and until now, now we yeah. got the now we got the two HD Super Bowls. So that's that's a very good thing. <laughs> All right, uh, we didn't have a review this week. That's on you guys. If you leave us a rating and a review on Apple iTunes, we'll read it on the show. It can be a question, it could be a comment, whatever. We appreciate five stars on iTunes. Keep it locked in this week. We'll be getting you ready on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for the Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets on Sunday Night Football. I bet you the NFL wishes they could flex this out, but they can't. So it will be the Chiefs uh, going up against Zach Wilson and the New York Jets uh, coming up uh, next weekend. Have you updated as far as the injuries and and whatnot up up at ArrowheadPride.com. I want to mention the newsletter. If you want more, if you're a diehard Chiefs fan and you just need more, we are putting together a newsletter now we have a link at the top of arrowheadpride.com if you want to have a free trial we have a monthly option we have an annual option uh just a little bit extra uh to provide you know your chiefs fandom to feed your chiefs fandom so consider that if you will for steve serta in the background and for john dixon my esteemed deputy editor my name is pete sweeney thank you for joining us on another edition of the arrowhead pride editor show 